This is Perspectives, the show where an examination over many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. This is an exciting weekend in our community for one of Atlanta's historic churches, the Walk of Faith, a ribbon-cutting worship celebration, dedication, and service at Atlanta's historic Friendship Baptist Church. Joining us in the studio right now in advance of all of the amazing things that are going to happen, Senior Pastor Dr. Richard W. Wills Sr. and Dr. Charles N. Hawk Jr., one of the deacons at the church. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in to share this great story with our audience. Deacon Hawk, uh, I'm going to start with you. How long have you been a deacon over at Friendship? Uh, for 60 years as part of member of the deacon board and other aspects of the church, I've, I also worked uh, several years ago when we did the uh, renovation in addition to friendship in the 90s. I was chairman of the building council and led that program with a team of people. So for a church that was founded and established back in 1862, 1962, 2017, you have a lot of the history of the church in between your ears, don't you, sir? Yes, I do. Thank the Lord for still having memory. And Pastor, you're you're relatively new to the community. You've been here what about a year and a half? Uh, that's correct. And when we're about two years. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about uh, the call to to lead this historic Atlanta church. Well, we had been uh, pastoring First uh, Baptist Church of Hampton, Virginia, for some ten years, and uh, had an invitation to uh, share with uh, Dean Carter at Morehouse College, and uh, was made aware of um, friendships. Uh, uh, need to uh, extend an invitation to a pastor uh, at that time uh, and uh, through our prayers and mutual uh, communication regard we were able to uh, to accept that invitation. One of the key elements of the celebration is the 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 rededication and the ringing of a historic bell. Who wants to tell me about the bell? Well the bell uh, about Four or five years ago, we had we the church had a capital fund campaign to restore the bell and, and do a renovation of the Casavant organ, and everyone was excited. I know my, my tenure at Friendship, I never heard the I never heard the bell ring because it was not working. It was just there. It was there, uh, but uh, the, some of the members who had been there for years remember the bell, and they that's how the capital campaign started to renovate. At that time, we didn't know we were going to re- relocate when we did that, but it was a, an activity that we were actually actually involved in with the bell and with the Castlevant organ. So we were very excited about that, and even more excited now that it's now in a place where it, we can ring. And uh, when we had a ded- had a uh, when the bell was brought out of storage to be put into a new facility, we all were there to take pictures around and so far before they uh, raised it up into the tower. Uh, however, it was one Sunday after church during the week is when they raised it up with a, uh, and put it into the tower. So this bell is believed to have been installed in the church back in 1871, so it's 146 years old. Yes, that's correct. And it's going to ring again. Thank the Lord. It will ring not only for the church members, but for the people in the community, too. So when the bell rings, what is what does that signify? What is that meaning? Well, it was the start of the, uh, of the worship service at Friendship. And, and an appeal to the community that we welcome you to come at the sound of the bell and worship with us. 
So now the restoration process, was that done here in Atlanta or are there people somewhere who are skilled at bell restoration? I don't have the information of where it was restored. I do know that the Castle Vent organ, when we took uh, uh, when we took it out, we sent it back to Canada uh, to store it until we, and they brought it back now and it's been, I think, Pastor, it's already in place. Oh, uh, that's correct. And so, and the other thing that the audience should know or may not know is that the church, Friendship Baptist Church, this historically um, relevant African-American church in our community, originally called 437 Mitchell Street Home, which is now in the area of of another new opportunity for our city, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And you all are relocated in your new home at 80 Walnut Street. What does it mean to you to have the opportunity to pastor this congregation? Well, obviously, it's incredibly significant when we think about the leadership that has served this congregation over the years, individuals like uh, Frank Quarles, its founder, uh, and the individual who was actually the catalyst for Spelman College. Uh, and its founding individuals like Edward Carter, Maynard Jackson, uh, Samuel Williams, Dr. Williams, uh, who served during the height of the civil rights movement, and of course, uh, individuals like my predecessor, Dr. William Guy, um, and Tim Body. It's uh, incredibly uh, significant in terms of that historical trajectory. Uh, this church has uh, been a beacon light of hope. Uh, in the community for 155 years now. And uh, much of that is attributed to its membership and certainly to the pulpit, its leadership. And so to stand uh, in that tradition uh, of leadership is certainly humbly um, and a tremendous uh, sense of responsibility, uh, obviously, is attached to that. How excited were you when you got the call to come and pastor this church? Um, uh, well, obviously, uh, very excited. Uh, Atlanta is a tremendous city, and uh, this uh, particular congregation was the uh, first uh, African-American Baptist church uh, in the city of Atlanta. And so uh, uh, quite a bit of a historical significance and uh, considered it quite an honor. Um, was familiar with the area uh, because we had the privilege of pastoring Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama. And so uh, there was somewhat of a kindred spirit, uh, both historical congregations, Dexter having been founded in 1877, uh, Friendship uh, founded in 1862, Uh, First Baptist, uh, the church that I was pastoring prior to uh, relocating to Atlanta had been founded in uh, 1863. And so all historic congregations, the same kind of uh, similar in culture. Uh, and demographics, and so uh, we were uh, just very excited to uh, to join them in this work. Deacon Hawk, talk to our audience about the significance of the longevity of the members of Atlanta's Friendship Baptist Church. We've talked about the rich history of pastors who've led this congregation, but I mean, if you're going to plant a flag in this community and mm-hmm. and stake the African-American experience in Atlanta, that road goes right to Friendship Baptist. Well, let me say how my wife and I joined Friendship. Uh, My wife is a Spelman graduate, and when we uh, came to Atlanta, we visited several churches. She said, well, let's go to Friendship, because I remember that during my freshman year, you know, a good number of years ago, the freshmen required, freshmen from Spelman and Mohawk were required to on Freshman Sunday to worship at Friendship. So that's how we ended up joining Friendship. 
However, as we became, in, and, and I'll never forget the uh, Sunday, we first Sunday we were there, and a deacon named Christopher Jackson met us at the door during the Sunday school hour. We came, we start, came there during Sunday school hour, and he welcomed us to the church and welcomed us to his class, Sunday school class number 10. And uh, Christopher Jackson was, was like one of my mentors. I had a, lot, a long-term time relationship with him. And, and that was the time when Reverend uh, Sam Williams was a pastor of friendship. But we find that in friendships, uh, the, the families there, their children tend to stay in the church. Even they, even they go off to college, they still come back to the city of Atlanta and live. They still become a part of it. And friendship was a church that welcomes young people participating in all facets of the church. For instance, uh, my uh, older son, who was a sophomore at Morehouse, I'm, I'm junior at Morehouse, I'm sorry, uh, I, I asked him, I said, are you ready to become a deacon? He said, yes. So he was brought in the deacon board. Uh, uh, my youngest son, who was, who was up until recently, was chairman of the trustee board and worked with the LLC. And my daughter uh, sang in the uh, chancel choir up until she's a physician until her uh, time of working out would not allow her to come to rehearsal. Then, for instance, our first female chairman of the deacon board, Marla Coleman Holloway, grew up in Friendship Church. She's a dentist in the city of Atlanta. Her brother, who's also is principal of Crim High School, is a trustee at Friendship. I can name on and on families that kids are still there, and, and their children are now part of the uh, Friendship family and, and act in various parts. And one of the things about friendship that it's open to all persons and opportunities are all open to all, no matter age, sex, or gender. Uh, we have uh, young people who, uh, when they go out of town, they come back to Atlanta, they come back to friendship. I mentioned to you about uh, someone who used to work here, Vic Carter, who was a member of friendship. And when he left to go to Baltimore, every time they would come back to town, he and his wife would come to friendship. The daughter went to Spelman, and she would come to Friendship. So it's just it's a it's a family type affair, but it's a, but also I think the culture of friendships stressed not only spirituality, uh, one's spirituality, but also one's educational background and experience, and 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 they motivate and stimulate and have good role models for our youngsters growing up in the church. I know uh, my uh, oldest son who went to Morehouse. He said he was influenced by the Morehouse men who were members of the church. Uh, who in various different leadership roles, uh, and my, my daughter who went to Spelman, she was well, she went there because her mother was to Spelman, but she was influenced by the other women from Spelman in the church. <laughs> but Mama had something to do with it. So, so all of that has a lot to do with it. Pastor, how difficult do you think it is today when we keep hearing, at least at at my church, we hear how many people in the community have never been introduced to the gospel, who have never had an opportunity to meet Jesus, have never been invited to say the words, I want to be saved. Is that hard for you in your work here at Friendship, or are you finding that it is easier to bring more people into such a, a rich and historic church? Right. Uh, excellent, excellent question. Um, right. The numbers, you know, in, in the Barna studies and the Pew Research uh, studies tend to indicate that uh, upwards of 68% of a the general population, any locality are individuals who are would be considered unchurched that do not attend church on a regular basis. And certainly those uh, numbers hold true uh, here in the city of Atlanta. 
Um, what we have been very intentional about um, at Friendship, uh, above and beyond our prayers and our, uh, our commitment to evangelism, uh, is to provide the community with a uh, more, uh, I guess, traditional worship service uh, that uh, is reminiscent of, of, of stability and kind of the substance of um, previous years. We certainly understand that, uh, you know, many congregations, um, particularly those who are perhaps non-denominational, uh, tend to be a bit more uh, contemporary um, uh, in their worship uh, format, uh, so y'all are singing the the traditional hymns. Uh, we we do we do, um, and uh, uh, we believe that there's a, a a place for that for for this community as well. Um, obviously, um, as we settle into our new facility, we're, we're going to have to make sure we not get too comfortable. Uh, <laughs> and what a beautiful uh, facility it is. With the walls, yes. So we can uh, you know engage community and move beyond. Uh, um, done that through our uh, tutorial ministries and other outreach ministries um, and just continuing to pray for this uh, community that God would uh, send revival. How large is the congregation over there? Uh, I believe we're about 500, 500 members currently. On any given Sunday and because we do know yeah. all you do have a beautiful facility and excited about the dedication ceremonies that are ongoing. It's the people who really make up the church, correct? Uh, that is correct. That is correct. And we've certainly had an opportunity to uh, experienced that over the past 38 months. Uh, we've been literally a church uh, without, without walls um, and have discovered in a very real way that uh, it is the, the people who occupy uh, the place that uh, constitute church. What is the primary ministry of the church? Uh, the, the primary ministry of the church uh, uh, currently is, um, the, I guess, the outreach of, of the diaconate, the care of the membership, um, uh, we, uh, have, uh, kind of broadened the ministry of the church to include, uh, our LLC, um, and we'll be involved in some development, uh, in downtown Atlanta. And we're certainly very excited about that, uh, as we pray about and think about what Friendship Village, uh, will look like. Um, uh, we're certain of one thing that it will have a, a tremendous impact, uh, on downtown Atlanta going forward. In terms of uh, uh, the economy, employment, um, uh, and the opportunities that will afford, uh, you know, our residents. Talk to me about the the welcoming and the worship experience, Deacon. You said that on freshman Sundays, that's how you and your wife were first introduced to friendship, and oh. that families continue to uh, cont- continue to. Their children come back, and even people who were members move away. When they're in Atlanta, they come. It just sounds as if it's one of the most open and welcoming places in the world. It is, and also uh, uh, when you talk, you asked about the hymns. Yes, sir. One of the things about friendship that people are really proud of is the variety of music in our church program. We not only have hymns, spiritual anthems, uh, contemporary. We have a cross section of music, but it touched the souls and needs of all people, but it's outstanding musical program. We've had outstanding musicians and choir directors at Friendship Church. Uh, for instance, our current minister, Mr. Jimmy Abington, is an outstanding uh, church musician, teaches uh, church mu- uh, music at Candler. Uh, He's also uh, the consultant for many other churches. But 
the just the atmosphere and the spirit that you feel when you hear the music and hear the songs they sang, and that's all a part of our worship. And, pe- and many people come there, be, uh, stay there because of that. Uh, we still maintain the pipe organ, <laughs> and which in many of uh, African American <laughs> churches they've gone from the pipe organ to the electronic piano. Yeah. Uh, I've visited several churches across the country, and it's unfortunate that they their pipe organ sitting there still, and that just the music genre is changing, and sometimes mm-hmm. we're getting away from the heritage that we started with from our forefathers. Right, <laughs> right. No, no. I, I, I would have to concur, Kansas. Uh, it's one of the few uh, congregations I have witnessed, had the privilege to serve, who can that can move from Mozart to Marvin Sapp <laughs> <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, especially just, just just incredible because the church was, as you said, organized in 1866 in the days after the Civil War. Friendship is Atlanta's first black Baptist autonomous congregation. And it's not lost on me that that in the name of the church, because, as you said, there are many non-denominational churches and even churches that have been historically Baptist churches that have morphed into just being blank church there's significance in identifying as a baptist church correct well that that is correct um in terms of uh uh, polity in terms of uh, procedure and process in terms of uh, uh, doctrine there are some kind of nuances there um uh, and certainly at friendship in terms of uh you know our commitment to a, a particular worship uh, style, just a commitment to the, the, the rich, you know, heritage uh, of um, uh, black sacred uh, music. And uh, I think uh, Deacon Charles really captured that well in his uh, uh, commentary. Deacon, walk us through the events of the, the, the weekend on the 29th and the 30th, uh, the Walk of Faith, mm-hmm. the dedication service. I'm sure you have been very close to the planning. What What is going to happen? Well, I think the pastor Wills would give you a better response to that because he's organizing and, and, and implementing the process of it more so than I did. Okay, then, well, Pastor, tell me. Well, tell me about the weekend. <laughs> Saturday, walk us through Saturday and Sunday. Well, we're real excited about today. Um, it will begin with our walk of faith. We're going to gather at our previous location on Mitchell Street uh, and uh, very joyously, uh, march from that location to the front doors of our of our new facility. Um, uh, at that time, we will have a the final uh, prayer, our third of three prayers, um, and raise our final hymn uh, at the entrance of those doors. At that time, the the bell will begin to ring uh, for the first time in in three years, and we'll enter the facility uh, and prepare for worship. Uh, which will commence at uh, 10 o'clock. So uh, your Sunday services morning. are, is it going to be, is 10 o'clock a special time on, on today or is Sunday service always at 10? Right. No, that's, that's our regular time of worship. And when the Sunday school hour is? Uh, 8.30. 8.30. Right. Each Sunday. And other activities during the week? Month of August will be somewhat uh, dormant. You know, we're going to be settling into the facility. Um, but, uh, this afternoon at four o'clock will be the uh, service of dedication, and we're very uh, grateful for the uh, participation of Dr. William Guy, uh, our pastor emeritus. Uh, we're looking forward to hear from him. Uh, he was our uh, celebrant and speaker as we left the building. 
um, uh, uh, back in 2014, and uh, we're grateful that uh, he will be present to help us settle back into our new facility as we dedicated this afternoon. And then you've got a bunch of events coming up in the month of September as well, right? Well, we do. We'll be celebrating our second uh, annual Friendship Fest um, and uh, looking forward to inviting uh, members of the AUC community, uh, our friends from Morehouse, Spellman, uh, Clark, uh, Morris Brown, and uh, ITC. Um, And so that Saturday we will uh, gather uh, on the grounds of the new facility, have our uh, annual block party, and then on Sunday, uh, certainly inviting uh, the students and faculty and the presidents of the various uh, colleges to join us for, for worship uh, that Sunday morning at 10. So, Pastor, in addition to the community festival that's coming up on the 9th and the 10th that you've just talked to us about, you guys are doing some things sort of out-of-the-box technology-wise to, to grow the younger demographic of the church. You've got a tech fair or something coming up? Right, absolutely. Uh, you know, while we are a historic uh, would be considered a historic congregation in the city of Atlanta. We're certainly aware of, uh, you know, kind of the c- contemporary needs. And uh, fortunately, we've been selected by Google uh, to be one of their partners here in the city of uh, Atlanta. I think one of two or three partners. Uh, and during the uh, month of September, in addition to our Friendship Fest, we will have a tech fest um, with our friends from uh, Inten uh, that will address the, uh, the digital divide. Um, that is a, a growing reality in the city of Atlanta. And a great way to meet people where they are, correct? Uh, absolutely. Pastor, we've got people listening to the radio program this morning who have maybe never, ever set foot in the door of a church. Yeah. Not necessarily your church, Friendship Baptist, but the church that may be within five miles of where they live. Mm-hmm. If you could give that listener an impassioned plea about what, awaits them by coming forward, what would you tell them? Well, I I would want to let them know that we are committed to living into uh, the name of our church. Uh, What we take seriously that in this day of, um, you know, these troubling times that are somewhat chaotic, that that, that we are in need of, 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 of friends, of folk who care about us, uh, uh, individuals who uh, are committed to our success and well-being. Uh, and at Friendship, we are committed to, uh, to healthy relationships uh, and friendships. And so uh, uh, I would appeal to that individual and extend to them an invitation to come check us out uh, and to see if that can be an environment uh, that they feel welcomed, uh, supported, and, uh, and uh, cared for. Pastor, if our listeners want to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, how will they find you? Well, they can certainly locate us uh, on our uh, website, uh, and they're welcome to, uh, or our Facebook page. Uh, They can Google it and locate us there. Um, And if they would like to just drop in, they can uh, swing by 80 Walnut Street uh, Sunday morning at uh, uh, 10 a.m., 8.30 for uh, Sunday school. Uh, and uh, look forward to to greeting them at that time. I may just have to come visit y'all one Sunday. This has been delightful. Thank you so much. Congratulations on the new building. Congratulations on the restoration of the bell, the organ, and Mm -hmm. all of the wonderful things that you're doing in our city. God bless. Thank you. Thank Thank you, Condes. Appreciate the opportunity. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. 
If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, MyAndalusCondo29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.